0: What is good, everyone? Welcome to another edition of KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. My name is Orlando Sanchez, the one and only Jared Cowley on my right, Nate Hansen on my left, Max Barr spinning on the ones and twos. (laughs) Wow, that woke me up. I was not expecting that one right there. Where did that one come from? (laughs) We got a boost from Max Barr here. This is uh, one of my favorite podcasts that we do every year because... It's always a chance for us to look back on how terrible we were. Yes. And how much we got it wrong.
1: Well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel I'm going to be, like, right 100% of the time today. When we look back on it in six months, we're going to be like Nostradamus Nate over there. I feel good about this one. <laughs> the
2: sad thing is I went and looked, and uh, not just last year, but two years ago as well. <laughs> We've never done well at this. But uh, we have a lot of fun, and you guys are going to have a lot of fun making fun of us. So.
0: Yeah, I... I I told you this, Jared. I was like, man, I'm really having a hard time with this. Yeah. And I said, you yeah. know what, I'm just going to throw stuff at the wall and uh, call it good, because yeah. this stuff will drive you crazy.
1: As as long as it's you can't explain them. it away in the next 30 minutes, <laughs> you're
0: all set. <laughs> you're giving away all of our secrets. Yes, that's yes, how it works here. <laughs> all right, so some uh, news notes to get to the Blazers. They'll play their final preseason game tonight against the Denver Nuggets. They're sitting just about everyone, Dame, C.J., Whiteside. The NBA regular season tips off Tuesday, and the Blazers open their regular season the next night on Wednesday against the Nuggets at the Moda Center on ESPN. You guys pumped up for that?
1: Oh, man. Very, very pumped up for that. Since we started doing this podcast again, this is all I've wanted is (laughs) to get to that game that day.
2: I was tired of preseason at the very start, and it hasn't gotten any better, so we need to get to the regular season and see something real.
1: Yeah, we can't have Jared talking about FanFest anymore <laughs> like last week. Can't I said that.
2: I
0: wasn't going to bring it up, and then you bring it well, up. Well, hey,
1: that was something last week, man. It was I, magical. Yeah, I'm never going to forget that moment, man. If, if
0: I could go back in time, I'd want to be there. <laughs> That's a
1: three-on-three Blazers Hall of Fame moment. Jared criticizing Anthony Simons' Fan Fest performance. That's an all-timer right there. <laughs>
0: We can only hope that our takes will be as steamy <laughs> as uh, Jared, uh, you know, setting the bar there so early on in yeah. the season's podcast. But um, you guys know the drill. There's three of us, so we've got three questions and three answers on KGW.com. Make sure to check it out. Jared does such a great job of putting it together. We have it in writing for you as well as everything you need to know about the Portland Trailblazer. So check it out, KGW.com.
1: Way to be great, Jared.
0: Yeah, thank you. So let's get right into it. First question, the Blazers. They won 53 games last year, which was good enough to be the three seed in the West for the second straight year. How will the Blazers fare this season? How many wins? Do they make the playoffs? And if so, what seed? And who else makes the playoffs in the Western Conference? Uh, Jared, you want to set the set tone? Oh.
2: I'm happy to start. I thought you were going to go to Nate first.
0: Oh man, go Jared.
2: We it's can do this.
1: Your, it's your
0: torch.
2: The past two seasons, I picked the Blazers to win 47 wins and 40, or to win 47 games and 46 games, and I don't want to underestimate this team <laughs> again because the past two seasons they've proven me and just about everyone else wrong by winning many more games than people predict. I think the West is going to be as tough as it has ever been this year. Yes. So having the Blazers reach that 50-win threshold again is not going to be easy. No. Um, you've seen from this Blazers team during the offseason, they made a lot of changes. Yeah. Uh, they, they let seven players go. They brought in a bunch of new players. We've talked on in the past couple podcasts about the many question marks that there are with this team. But... In my mind, they still have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Terry Stotts. They have a front office that I right now really believe in, that I, I expect them to make a move at the deadline this season to boost the roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make a big move at the deadline this season. So I'm a complete believer in this team, and my win projection total is going to mirror that. I'm picking them to win 54 games this year.
3: And I'm picking them to
2: finish second in the West. Woo,
1: second. Because
2: (laughs) I I underestimate them every year. I mean, the past two years, I've picked them to finish in the bottom half of the Western Conference. And the past two years, they have proven me wrong. So I'm going to go with my gut right now and think that this team has the potential, if everything goes right, to be one of the best Blazers teams in many years. And I think that their win total and their placement in the West is going to reflect that. So the way I have the West uh, finishing is I have the Clippers finishing first. Okay. Uh, then the Blazers, then the Nuggets, then the Warriors. I'm going to put the Lakers fifth, the Jazz sixth, the Rockets seventh, and I'm having the Spurs get that eighth spot.
1: Okay. Well, we're, we're a little bit different here. Not so much in the win total, though, for the Blazers, because I'm like you, Jared, uh, Last year, I believe, I picked the Blazers to be the eighth seed and to be wiped out in the first (laughs) round of the playoffs when they had to play the Warriors, as I expected. The Warriors would be the one seed. Obviously, they ended up losing to the Warriors, but much further along in the playoff process in the first round. Um, And I'm with you. I'm done kind of underestimating these guys. We've seen some national pundits continue to do it for the third year in a row. Uh, But I'm with you. I'm not going to quite go as high as 54 wins, um, I'm going to say the Blazers win 52 games this year. And to me, that will be good enough for them to get the four seed. So 52 wins would be one less win than last season. And obviously, my get my prediction of a fourth seed would be one lower than the last couple of years. But I wouldn't take that as a step back because, as you mentioned, the Western Conference this year is deeper and more competitive than it's ever been, which is crazy because it's been so hyper-competitive the last two seasons. Uh, And my regular season finishing rankings are going to be different than the rankings I said last week. Because last week we talked about who do we think has the best chance to win the Western Conference. And so to me, I took into account, we're talking about a playoff series and things like that. And I said the Blazers have the fifth best chance of doing that. And I said I thought the Clippers had the best chance. But we're talking about regular season finishes here. There's going to be teams like the Clippers who are going to be resting players more often than a team like the Blazers or the Nuggets will. There's going to be a team like the Lakers, who I think are going to have more chemistry issues than a team like the Blazers will. So I think that will change the landscape of how we see teams finish in the regular season versus who I think has the best chance to ultimately win the Western Conference in the playoffs. So the rest of the West in the regular season to me, I think Utah is going to be the top seed in the West. Uh, I don't see them really resting guys throughout the year, uh, I think they, I mean, they add Mike Conley, which is a big piece, but they've got a lot of their team back, so I don't think chemistry is going to be too much of a hiccup for them. Quinn Snyder's great coach, so I got them one. Uh, number two, I have the Warriors. Uh, I'm not quite ready to give up on Golden State. Uh, we don't talk a lot about the D'Angelo Russell addition to the Warriors. Uh, I think that's a big pickup for them, it's something that can go, that has flown under the radar. And so... I expect them to be right there in the hunt in the regular season again. The Clippers I'm going to put 3 because of the resting issues I talked about. The Blazers 4, the Nuggets 5, the Lakers 6, and I considered putting them at 7 cuz out of all these teams with new faces, which is pretty much everyone in the Western Conference, they're the only ones that also have a new coach this year. You know, Blazers still have Terry Stotts, Utah still has Quin Snyder, Warriors still have Steve Kerr, Clippers still have Doc Rivers. Lakers have Frank Vogel, so not only do they have to figure out player rotations and chemistry that way, they have to figure out coach-player relationships and all that type of stuff. So I got the Lakers at 6, the Rockets at 7, and I have the Spurs as you finishing out at 8. Oh,
0: I love this. Uh, I agree with you, Nate. I just think that because of the competitiveness of the Western Conference, I don't think you're going to see those big numbers in the win column. I think they're going to beat each other up. I think you're going to see a lot of teams that are going to mail it in on certain nights and rest guys yeah. and value the postseason even more than we have in years past. On top of the fact that this Western Conference is so competitive this year, to your point, Jared, um, that it's, it's, it's been a while since we've been able to say there are a bunch of teams that we could see winning it all. And so, really, the mindset is going to be let's get into the playoffs, let's be in a decent position, yeah. but really turn it up a notch when you get into the postseason. Um, and, and with that said, I'm going way below the number you guys are talking about. Okay. I, th- I think – and I thought – in, in the grand scheme, the number I'm giving them is fine, but being in this room now, <laughs> yeah. you know, th- that number is much less. But um, I, I'm going to put them at 48 wins Okay. Um, because of that. I just yeah. think the, the West is so competitive. They're going to win games. They're going to lose games they're not supposed to. Um, there's going to be highs and, and lows with this team. They're not going to figure it all out early on. No. There are so many new guys Um, that it's going to take a while. It's going to take a a lot of Terry Stott's tinkering within the lineup to figure out what he wants to roll with by the time we get into uh, meaningful basketball in in April. Um, So I I think they're going to take some L's along the way that's going to prohibit them from getting to that 50-win mark. Not because I don't think they're better, because I do, based on the roster, think this is a better team than they had last year, but I just think there's a lot that they're going to have to work through. Similar to a lot of the other teams in the Western Conference that we're seeing. So I think from that standpoint, it's going to be a lot of fun. And one or two wins is going to be the difference between, uh, you know, yeah. a three seed and a six seed or, or whatnot. And so when I answered this question on KGW.com, I put it, it, it could be anywhere from three to seven yeah. for them. Because I I just think that number is going to be so tight.
1: I mean, that's the way it's been the last couple of years for the Western Conference. And the Blazers have been on the right side of those numbers, which has resulted in them getting the 3 seed the last two years. The reason I still have the Blazers getting the 50 wins is because in the past, while the Blazers had 49 wins two seasons ago and 53 last year... there was always a team in the West who won 60 plus games. And I don't think you're going to have that this year. Like I think the gap between one and three, one and four is going to be much smaller than it's been in the past. I, honestly, I don't know if there's a Western conference team because they all have to play each other. And while we're talking about, you know, we've, Restrain this to the eight teams we think are going to make the playoffs, I think we could go to teams 9, 10, 11, and 12 mm-hmm. in the West are going to be pretty darn good as yeah. well. They're going to be tough beats night in and night out. Mm-hmm. So to me, I don't know if there's even going to be a 60-win team mm-hmm. in their Western Conference. And so for me, like, I could see the difference between one and eight being like six or seven wins this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have an issue with your pick, Orlando. I think that, you know, I went, I went really high. I like could – I went – Probably the highest... I looked at what I thought like they're... I mean, I think the Blazers, if everything went right, could like be a 57-58 win team if, if everything to, went right. To me,
1: they could be the number one seed yeah. going into the... If everything goes right, as Jared talked about and as we talked about in past podcasts, mm-hmm. like because I don't see the Blazers really resting. That's not Damian Lillard's M.O. You know, they're not take, quite there. No, they, they to really, take yeah. nights off and stuff like that. So I think they take the regular season more seriously than some of these other teams will. Mm-hmm. And in the end... I I don't think it's far-fetched that the Blazers could get that win total Jared talked about and possibly be the number one seed in the Western Conference.
2: And I think they have the best home court advantage in the Western Conference outside of maybe Golden State. And I don't think that Golden State, I don't think you can give that to them anymore because they're moving to the new arena in San Francisco and it's going to be different. So I think that the Blazers have a massive home court advantage. I think they're going to have the best home court record in the Western Conference. And I think they proved last year with, yes, they made a lot of changes kind of around the edges, but the core is there. And that core proved that they were a good road team. Yeah. So I think all of these teams made changes during the offseason. And and you could look at a lot of these Western Conference teams and think they got better, but all of them have question marks Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that because of the continuity, because of Damian Lillard and Terry Stotts and the culture... That, this, that they have created in Portland. I just put Portland at very, you know, the only reason I put the Clippers above them is because I think that the Clippers have a little bit better star talent in Kawhi and Paul George than the Blazers do with CJ and Dame, and I think they're deeper than the Blazers. Yeah. But I put the Blazers as, as close to the top as possible because I think they have the best culture in the Western Conference and maybe in the NBA right
0: now. Yeah, just thinking about your guys' um, lists, You can make the case. Like, I can interchange most of these teams. Yeah, I had, like,
1: (laughs) I I was driving myself mad for about 10 minutes yesterday trying to figure out one through eight in Mm -hmm. in this question because I was just like, man, the Rockets, a seventh seed? Do I really have the Lakers as a six? And, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I was just like, nope, finally, I was like, nope, that's what I'm sticking with because it's kind of just like throwing darts at a dartboard. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: And I think Orlando's right. Is that so many of these teams,
2: you go from you know the top seed down to you know the six or seven seed, you're probably going to see those t- teams separated by two or three games by the end of the season.
0: And I didn't seed my teams. Um, I, I didn't put a list on kgw.com like you guys did. But if I had to pick one that I think will finish first, I'm going to take Denver. Okay. To, to your point. Fair. To your point, because I think Denver is belongs in that category of really good home teams. Yes. That are tough to you know, it's tough to go into their place and win like we saw, you know, in the in the postseason. It took yeah. your prediction of yeah. you know, them reeling them off to, to win that series. They, That's had to, right. they had to win there, which not a lot of people were able to do last season. I think Denver will continue that trend along with the fact that they just have so many guys returning. Exactly. And they should be better.
1: And I think they have a really strong culture just like the Blazers. And I think I think the big takeaway for us in this question is how we've all switched to the other side from what we have the last couple of years. We've been skeptical mm-hmm. and a bit pessimistic at the start of the season of what the Blazers could be. This year, we're on the other end. We're optimistic. We're believers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to go. In the past, we had said, you have to show it to us in the postseason. And they finally did it. And now I think a lot of people in the Portland area like us who pay attention to this team are bought in and believe this team could really potentially do something special this year.
3: Max, what's up? Uh, Did you guys see the GM survey results that came out today?
1: Damian Lillard, best leader. Yeah,
3: Damian Lillard was voted best leader in the NBA, which was notable. Also, one GM, and it wasn't Neil O'Shea, picked the Blazers to win the championship. Oh, man. Because you can't vote for your own team. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a throwaway vote or. (laughs) uh, It was Steve Ballmer, man. The Trailblazers were one of like five teams that got votes. For the question, who will win the championship?
2: Cool. There was an article today that Jason Quick wrote and was published on The Athletic today about Kent Bazemore. And in it, Kent Bazemore talked about how his number one choice of where he wanted to go when he gave, a, he gave a list of eight teams to the Hawks of where he wanted to be traded, and the Blazers were at the top of his list. And he said the reason they were at the top of his list was for the past couple seasons, he looked at how much fun the team had together, how much they enjoyed being around each other. He, and he said he heard around the league over and over and over again, how wonderful it was to play in Portland, how wonderful it was to play for a coach like Terry Stotts, and he wanted to be here. Yeah.
1: All
0: right. Number two. Ooh. Two-part question. I thought this was a really good one. Uh, which Blazers player do you think will exceed expectations this season? Which Blazers player do you think won't live up to expectations this season? Let's Nate. split
2: this up and yeah. do exceeds and First. then
1: do. Okay. I'm glad you thought this was a good question because oh, yeah. uh, I thought it up. So the I'm <laughs> so up. I'm really glad you thought that was good. <laughs> a little toot my own horn there. Yeah. Uh, so Jared touched a little bit at the end there on the player who I think is going to exceed expectations this year, and that is Kent Bazemore. Um, we don't really t- we haven't talked a ton about Kent Bazemore. He's kind of quiet. Uh, He kind of just goes about, does his job, and he's not maybe as flashy as Mario Hazonia, and he hasn't been as big of a star as, say, Hassan Whiteside. And so he's kind of flown under the radar of all the moves the Blazers have made this offseason. But at his best... He's the 3 and D player the Blazers have long coveted to go alongside C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. And Jared talked about it. Jason Quick wrote an article this morning, perfect timing on my behalf, uh, about how Kent Bazemore is seeing this opportunity as pretty much a revival of his career, a rejuvenation midway through his career to be here in Portland, a place he wanted to play play at and contend for a championship. He talked about how down he was with everything going on in Atlanta, his struggles, the youth movement, all that. And all he wanted was to be on a team where, they, where they're where they contending. And the Blazers right now are in a position to do so. And so to me, I'm, I think he could be really good for the Blazers this year. And potentially, Jared also hit on this a little bit last week, maybe we see him, if he does play well, move into the starting lineup and replace Rodney Hood. I don't think that's out of the question at all this year. So he's the guy just kind of on expectations based on who we've talked about preseason. He's the guy who I think will most likely exceed expectations going into the year.
0: I'm on the same page as, as you. That was my answer as well, Kent Bazemore. Um, I didn't get a chance to, to read the story, but in talking to him, in hearing him over the past you know couple of weeks from media day to practice, uh, the rejuvenation is there. Yeah. Like this guy is at a different point in his life, not just uh, as a pro basketball player, but you know he's got his family here, and he's all in on the culture that you mentioned with Terry Stotts, and and um, what he knows exactly what he has to do. It's not like he's figuring himself out. And there's something about winning and getting a taste of of what it's like to play postseason basketball that that he was seeking, that he you know that he was thirsty for. And so I think with all of those things, it's the perfect storm for him to be in a great position to succeed. Uh, there's so much that goes into being comfortable, um, and I think he is in a great place right now, mentally, physically, and he fits the Blazers' needs. Yep, he absolutely. fits what the Blazers were, were, as you mentioned, coveting. Yeah. As as a shooter, if if he can knock down and be consistent as a three point shooter, we've already seen what he's capable of on, on an effort, energy, defensive standpoint what he brings to the yeah. table as somebody who's willing to guard the other team's best player on the wing,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, that just frees up so much Absolutely. Uh, for Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. So I really like the opportunity that he presents, and if I'm going out there on a limb like that, if he plays that well, he could find himself in the starting lineup, yeah. to your point. Uh, I, I really like what he brings to the table. That's my answer.
2: Yeah, he, he's not my pick, but I... Oh, Jared. But I love that pick. Oh, great. I wanna, I, I really like Kent Bazemore and his fit on this team. I've liked what I've seen out of him in preseason, doesn't matter, but I like seeing that he is not shy putting up the three-pointer, and he's been making them in preseason. He didn't at the beginning, but he has the past few games. And so I think that he is going to become... You know, last year he slumped a little bit and, and, and had kind of an off year, but the... The, in, two or th- in the two and three seasons before that, he was considered one of the better 3-and-D players in the league. Yep. And that's exactly, like you guys said, what the Blazers need. And I think that he could become so valuable to the Blazers that Terry Stotts can't take him off the court. Mm-hmm. And So I'm really excited to see what he does this season. My pick for a player who I think is going to exceed expectations, and it's someone whose expectations are already pretty
1: high, is C.J. McCollum.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. That was my second pick and I went away from it. That's
1: uh, good. I didn't even think about that. Now just in the initial moments of hearing that, that is that I like that, Jared. Yep. I'm giving you a compliment, yep. Jared. Take I, it.
0: As well, man. I was back and forth on this answer. That was I like it. Let's hear you man. Yeah. Man guys, warm fuzzies.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
2: So 2014 he won most improved player. Twenty fifteen was really his breakout season. He averaged career high in points, twenty three points. He averaged career highs that year in every, you know, shooting percentage. But the past two seasons, we've seen that his stats have, have slumped. He's, his scoring has gone down. His efficiency has gone down. His assists have gone down. And I don't know if it's because of what he did in last year's playoffs when he carried the Blazers against the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals. But I just have this gut feeling that he's going to take the, the next step that we've been waiting for from him. He's going to take that next step this season. I think we're going to see more scoring from him. I think we're going to see more efficiency from him. And I think we're going to see more playmaking. And I think that he's going to knock on that all-star door harder than he has ever in his career up to this point. So he's my pick for a player I expect to exceed expectations this year.
0: If they win as many games as you predict, then he's going to be in that all-star discussion. Just based on the trend, the way the NBA works is you've got to be on a good team in order to get multiple players into that game.
1: And that was going to be my question to Jared if he didn't address it and his answer was, you know, cuz CJ last year at the beginning of the year made it a very vocal point that he wanted to make the All-Star team and obviously his performance did didn't live up to that goal. And so I'm glad you said that you think potentially this could be the year that he finally, you know, gets into that mix.
2: I still think it's going to be extremely difficult, difficult because of how many good guards there still are in the yeah. Western Conference, but I just think he's going to have his best season of his career.
0: Mm, okay. All right. Now the fun All part. All right. Is, who are you throwing under the bus here? You right. won't live up to expectations this season, Nate. So my
1: answer for any of the dedicated podcast listeners we have, <laughs> it's probably not going to surprise anyone. Uh, I've touched on this uh, throughout the offseason and the preseason. To me, it's, it's Zach Collins. He's the one I easily have the most question marks about of guys that we know are expected to get lots of minutes this year. Um, and there, there's no doubt that he has a higher ceiling than Al Farouk Aminu, essentially the player he's replacing in the starting lineup. But one thing that doesn't get talked about is that there is a learning curve to becoming a full-time starter in the NBA. Yusuf, because remember when Yusuf Nurkic came from Denver and he was great, Nurk fever, everything took over, and he got hurt for the postseason run. He came back next year and we thought, oh, he's gonna win most improved player, mm-hmm. this and that, and then he didn't he wasn't quite that player the entire season. It took him a while to get going, and then last year he was great before he got hurt. Um, I think you might see a little bit of that with Zach Collins. Yusuf Nurkish talked about, you know, it's a big transition to go from a bench player who's expected to do these certain things for a limited time to becoming a starter whose role is even expanded. So you're expected to do more things and you're playing more minutes and you're expected to do it consistently, night in and night out. And so I think there could be a little bit of a learning curve here for Zach Collins, and also just because of the depth behind him. I think that's where the Blazers have the least amount of depth, is at that four position. And so if he's not good, or if he isn't ready to really fill those shoes, that could have huge negative consequences for the Blazers. And I talked about before, for better or worse, Zach Collins could be the biggest X factor for the Blazers this season. And I'm not saying he's going to be bad. But he's the player I'm easily most concerned about going into the season. So I went with Zach Collins.
0: So you're saying Zach Collins can be bad this year?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I said.
0: (laughs) All right, Jared, you're up, man.
2: All right. So I know who Nate thinks I'm going to pick. Yeah, if you, yeah, this. Nate, for some reason, thinks that I hate Anthony Simons, which I do not oh <laughs> oh i see what you
1: did there
2: i love anthony simons well, and all
1: i want you wanted to slow down the hype train you're criticizing fit jared there's been something every week
2: all i care about is anthony's well-being oh oh penny anyway he's not my pick <laughs> oh good <laughs> um i'm going with hassan whiteside okay i think he's going to be good this year i think he's going to average a double double I think he's going to average a couple blocks per game. I think he's going to lock down the paint on defense. Him and Zach Collins, I think, are going to be a very formidable line in the paint. But I think that Blazers fans have pretty high expectations for him. And I think that Blazers fans are spoiled by Yusuf Nurkic, who I think is one of the best centers in the NBA. And I think that there are going to be times this season when Hassan Whiteside does not give 100% effort. There are going to be times when he... Is not able to get out on the perimeter and give help defense. I think there's going to be times when he sulks. I think there's going to be times when he sets very lazy picks. And those are all things that you never saw from Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah. And so I think that when he does those things, I think Blazers fans are going to be frustrated. And I think there will be times this season when Blazers fans will turn on Hassan Whiteside. And so my, I'm not, I don't think I'm, you know, worried about him because I do think he's going to kind of do what he's done his whole career, but I think that because of the expectations that have been placed on him by Blazers fans, I think him living up to the standards of his career probably won't be quite enough.
0: I'm here to trigger you, my friend. Trigger me. <laughs> Oh, no, you're not saying
1: Anthony. Simon. No way. (laughs) You said the hype train's not going fast enough two weeks
0: ago. No, no, that was all you. No, that (laughs) That was was you. You were having a conversation internally with
1: yourself. No, I was (laughs) talking with you. You said it to me.
0: You know, I I knew I would trigger you. Oh, no.
1: And, I'm uh, siding with uh, Orlando oh, here. And, and Nate is having revisions. man. His, uh, I'm, he's shaking right now. Like <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. Let's hear it. This, Go this,
0: for this it. This may be the first time in three on three history <laughs> where we've had to stop to check on Nate for medical oh, attention. My gosh. But yeah, my guy is Anthony Simons. What is what is going on? I just think that expectations are too high for him. Too high? Yeah. I mean, they're not high
1: enough, my friend. He, he
0: had this amazing game against the Kings, man. That you know, basically got them to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, it did. But I don't know how much time he's really going to get out there to to be this to have this breakout season that oh. we all expect. And my message is let's slow things down for oh, Anthony no. Simons. Like, Jared let's, got to let's, you. Let's give this guy a chance to succeed in this league before we anoint him as the next coming. I think he's going to be great. I just don't think it's going to happen right away. And I also think about other guys that are coming off the bench, like Kent Bazemore. There's going to be minutes that those guys are going to gobble up that Anthony may not get because of that situation, but it's not his time yet.
2: You know what but, I hear? All I hear is that you really care about Anthony Simmons. Oh, Oh, gosh. You want the best for him. There's, there's
0: two guys up here that genuinely want the best for Anthony, a.k.a. <laughs> yeah. Penny. Yeah, and right now man, you're just not giving him what he needs.
1: No, you said he needs he you said he needs a chance to succeed. We need to give him time so he has a chance to succeed. The chance to succeed is now, my friend. Like what what are we talking about here? This we're talking like seriously. The Blazers they're going to need Anthony Simons. If they're going to be as good as we talked about in question one, Anthony Simons is going to have to be good for them. He's going to have to score off the bench and provide that punch for the Blazers off the bench. Because if he doesn't, where else is it going to come from?
2: But I think if. He- I think he's going to do that, and mm-hmm. I think even
1: Orlando if doesn't. Doing, it, uh, no, I think my Orlando. ire is now
0: on Orlando. Jared, you're free. I think he. I think he will have moments where he <laughs> yeah. gets buckets, but I also think there's going to be nights where yeah. he doesn't. No,
1: there's going to be grow. Uh, I'll agree going, with you that there's going to be growing pains.
0: Yeah, and. And a lot of these expectations, I think, are just unfair for him. And so the bar is already set so high that I think it's going to be tough for him to reach those expectations. Just because of where the
2: expectations are. It's the best guard in the NBA, best player that the Blazers have ever drafted. The next
0: greatest of all time. Yes,
2: it's all of that stuff. It's just those expectations are so high. Listen, my kids watch Spongebob all the time. (laughs) And I also enjoy watching Spongebob with the kids. (laughs) All right. And there's that episode where Spongebob is training Gary, his snail, for that snail race. And he trains him and trains him and trains him and becomes just this... He completely changes to the point where Sponge, or Gary completely loses it and is unable to perform. Yeah. And I think that what we're seeing from Nate is basically oh. akin to what SpongeBob did with Gary.
1: So, hey, I I can't believe we just did a SpongeBob Anthony Simons metaphor here 30 minutes into this thing. But, I mean, what are... I guess it's a matter of what your – ex like, I talk like he's going to be great because I think he will be, but I don't expect him to put up 20 points a game this year. I, I think he's going to be right around that 10 to 12 point a game mark this year. And if Orlando doesn't believe that, then if he doesn't reach that mark, then he hits, to me, on Orlando's point of not living up to expectations.
0: See, I thought it was just within, you know, us kind of messing around and joking yeah. about it. But, like, the more and more you, you follow Twitter or just – Hear Blazers fans talk like they're expecting Anthony to be Damian Lillard. Yeah, and it's kind of getting out of control. Uh, oh. I like even even uh, I was I was checking uh, Sports Illustrated had yeah. had kind of a, a group you know preseason projection you know awards preseason and one of them had Anthony Simons as most improved player. Yep. yep. Well, I, I just think yeah, like that's a just, lot to ask.
2: Yeah, it's not just Blazers fans and it's and not just Sports Illustrated, but on the Woj and and Low podcast and I think it was a TV show too, mm-hmm. in their season preview, they talked about Anthony Simons as a contender for Most Improved
0: Player. Yeah, well, just getting back to our discussion before, my whole argument is just, like, yeah. let's pump the brakes on, on the hype train a little bit. Like, let's slow this sucker down. Like, yeah. he will get there. I just don't think it's right now.
1: That's fair. Let's get to awards season (laughs) since we were just talking about most improved player. (laughs) Who, by the way, I didn't pick Anthony Simons, but I did think about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. As you guys mentioned, it is championship and awards time. We did this last year. Didn't go well. We stunk it up. Uh, Uh, How many did we get right? Jared did the research on this.
2: Yeah, we we had 15 picks between us, and we got...
1: Four, correct.
2: All right, right. And, go- and,
0: and three of them were the same pick. <laughs> yeah, same so We all picked
1: Luka Doncic to win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> so we nailed that one, guys. Way to go. So
0: fingers crossed that we can do a little <laughs> bit better this year. So here are the questions, and we can you know break this up however you guys want. But which team wins the Larry O'Brien Trophy, NBA champions? Uh, who wins the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved? and the Sixth Man of the Year Awards. All right, do we want to just kind of do this in the rip-it type
1: formula, take one and all three of us answer here? Sure.
3: We yeah. all right, cool. yeah.
1: uh, I'll start off NBA champion. I'm not ready to give up on them. Uh, I've picked the Warriors for what seems like my lifetime now, <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to do it for one more year. I'm going to go with the Warriors. I think they're going to be hungry. Clay should be back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're going to be as motivated as they've been in quite some time, so I'm going to go
0: with the Warriors. I love that pick. Yeah, uh, I, I thought about going with the Warriors. Um, I, I decided to mix it up a little bit more, and I may regret this a little bit, but I'm going in the Eastern Conference. Oh, Ooh. I thought about that, too. And I'm going to go with the Bucks.
1: Yeah, that's a nice pick. I said the Bucs would be the team that uh, did not live up to expectations last year. That did, uh, That did not pan out well. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's interesting to pick a a team from the East because you could see these West teams beat up on each other. That was exactly my
1: thought process.
2: Um, And I also like how the Warriors, as NBA champs, is now like a gutsy pick. Yeah. (laughs) Things have really changed. What a time Um, to be alive. Yeah. I'm going with a a not gutsy pick. I'm going with the Clippers. Oh. It's because I think, like I said before, I think they have the most star talent right now, and I think they have the deepest team in the NBA. And they have a good coach.
1: They do. I just didn't want to pick the Clippers, so that's why I didn't. That's
2: fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah, all yeah right. that's
1: fair. Uh, MVP. Yep. Uh, I'm staying with the Warriors. I'm going to say Steph Curry wins MVP this year. He doesn't have Kevin Durant now, so he's not having that take away potential MVP votes. I think he's going to have a great season. I'm going with Steph Curry.
0: Me and you did not talk about this at all. No. Uh, nothing here, but um, I'm on the same page as you, man. I'm going Steph Curry. Yeah. I think he's going to have. He's gonna carry that team for a while. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people are going to take notice.
1: Uh,
2: I think the MVP this year will be the NBA's scoring champion. That's going to be Steph Curry.
3: All
1: right. A clean sweep on MVP. (laughs) Wow, this is scary. I thought he was going to say Damian Lillard for a hot (laughs) moment there. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay, uh, Rookie of the Year. Max, you're going to love this pick. I'm buying into the preseason here. Let's go with Tyler Hero, baby.
0: Rookie of the Year with the Miami Heat. Beautiful setup on there. Um, I'm all in on Zion. Give give it to me in my veins. Highlights every night. I don't care if he's not taking jump shots, if he's shooting 70% from the field. Give it all to me and the Rookie of the Year award.
2: I am also buying into the preseason. And that's why I'm picking Zion Williams. Oh, that's right. That's nah. right. preseason stats are unbelievable.
0: You got, a, you got a free win, and you didn't take it, Nate. No. Whatever. <laughs> we, we're all going to laugh
3: about this when Tyler
1: Hero averages 15 points per game, and the Heat are like the three seed in the East, in part because of how good he was.
3: Guys, Tyler Hero might be the best young guard in the NBA. Oh, yeah. no. I love Don't it. Don't tell Ma- no.
1: Max has Tyler Hero on his fantasy team, and Max said he's already getting trade requests for Tyler Hero. That's it's correct. real. That is yeah. real, dude. So I'm on that train. Who Ooh. are you, offered?
3: hero um white oh that's right yeah okay it was a no for me
1: all right moving on
0: most improved player
1: uh i'm gonna go with Dejounte murray uh they the spurs last year were really talking high about him going into the season and then he had the injury and missed the entire year uh so i'm gonna believe the hype from a year ago and say he comes back and he's gonna be great for the spurs
0: um i basically looked at a bunch of names a bunch of picks that people had and just Basically threw a dart at the dartboard.
1: You didn't pick Anthony
0: Simons. I did not. <laughs> what? As, as tempting as was that he is. even on your dartboard? No. Bad no. dartboard. You need a new dartboard. I, I needed to use your yes. dartboard. is where I went wrong with this. But um, I just went with the Miami Heat. I said, uh, let's do uh, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, oh, I, like that one. Uh, Very I thought funny. he was gonna uh, can
1: rookie of the year also win most improved? Is that
0: like possible? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's just a bunch of names that are on the board. Here we go. Boom. Bam. All
1: right. Oh, yeah. I wrote down Bam. He was.
2: My Initial choice, and then I, but I went with someone else. I also considered Zach Collins
3: because mm-hmm. I
2: think that oh. if he oh. lives up to what he could be, he could absolutely be in the running for that award. Keeping my mouth shut, <laughs> I but see. I went with Terry Rozier. Okay, um, he's top dog now in Charlotte. I think he's gonna get a ton of minutes and yeah. he can put it, he can fill up the box score. So I think that he could win uh, most improved player this year.
0: It's right. time for the uh, annual Lou Williams award. I mean, uh, a <laughs> sixth man award. Who are you guys going with?
1: Not Lou Williams. Oh, I refuse to do that. Jared always hitches his wagon to yeah, that, and he yeah. always gets it right. He takes that automatic dub, man. Yeah, I'm, 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 as we discussed earlier, I'm not into automatic dubs. So I'm going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie out there in Brooklyn. That's nice. I, that is nice. I'm going to go with him.
0: Um, I'm assuming he'll be a sixth man, <laughs> and I'm going to say Kyle Kuzma. All
1: right.
2: Okay, interesting. Uh, i got to stick with, with Sweet Lou. Uh, three in a row, four overall. Those yeah. are both going to be NBA records.
0: Yeah, they should name the award after him. Really what, what are we doing? All right, last but not least, who wins the uh, season opener on Wednesday? Blazers Wait, or Nuggets?
1: We've got a real game before the next podcast. We yeah. get to start this season predictions here.
0: Thank goodness.
1: All right, well, Jared, I believe, won these last year. Is that correct, Jared? Um, the season predictions. The season predictions I did win last Jared year. Jared yes. took do that
0: crown, do the crown last the honors, year. man. Yeah,
1: you go first.
2: I really, I really did consider the Nuggets. Um, they're really deep, talented. They have continuity. They're definitely motivated. But they still have no answer for Dame. They still have no answer for CJ. And let's be honest, they don't have an answer for Rodney Hood.
1: Or Anthony Simons. Or Anthony <laughs> Simons.
2: Plus, the Blazers have won 18 home openers in a row. Let's make it 19.
0: Yeah, my answer was was very simple. The Blazers are at home. So I'll take the Blazers.
1: I'm gonna revise my written answer a little bit. And my written answer started off with the Blazers have won 18 straight home openers, right? Damian Lillard is still on the team right. I'm gonna add Anthony Simons is also <laughs> on the team now, right? So I'm gonna Night go
0: number one, this is breakout game. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna go, yeah, with the Blazers. Until that streak's over, I'm taking the Blazers from here on out to win their home opener.
2: Yeah, why wouldn't I pick them? I mean, I said I'm not going to underestimate the Blazers again. Yeah. so I'm not going to pick them to lose their home opener.
1: Jared Jared tried to bait me into picking the Nuggets yeah, earlier yeah. today when we were talking at our desk. He tried to. He that's was just only, like he was like the Nuggets are really good. Did you come that's close? No. only because no. I respect yeah. the Nuggets. They are really I, They, they are, are really good. Are. Uh it'll be it'll be it might be the best matchup I mean, there's a lot of hype for other games, but it might actually be the best matchup of the first games
0: we see. I know for our area, and I would assume even in Denver, um, this is turning into a fun mini rivalry. Absolutely. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So to see them play right out of the gates like that, uh, it's good times. You relive a lot of those memories of a seven-game series uh, that was super intense. It's going to be a good time. All right, where can everybody find you on Twitter?
2: Yeah, you can find me at Jared Cowley.
0: At Enhance underscore kgw. Max. Uh,
3: you can find me at max and barr on Twitter. Say hello.
0: Orlando KGW is where you can find me.
2: Guys, you all know what time it is. Oh, we're back. We have been waiting for months. It is time for Rip It and let's turn the the podcast over to Max Barr.
3: We got a the theme song now, guys. Wow, I did not Love
1: expect it. that. Man, you get us all hyped now for oh, this.
0: Fire emojis, fire emojis. I need you guys to be hyped up Ooh.
1: Max told me to Head. study and meditate last <laughs> night, <laughs> since I made it my goal to dominate at Rip It this year.
3: That's right. Your favorite player's favorite game <laughs> is <laughs> back. <Ooh. laughs> and it is great to be back with a new year of Rip It. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Rippet, it, it's the weekly game where these guys predict stats, compete for the title of Rip it Champion.
1: This is really, as the season goes on, if you're new, as the season goes on, this becomes what we care about most on this podcast <laughs> is winning these, getting these Rippet questions right. It's
0: all, it's all about
3: pride, baby.
2: It's not hyperbole to say that this is our favorite part of the podcast every week. <laughs> yes. I appreciate
3: that, guys. Speaking of Rippet Champion, Orlando, you dominated Rippet last season.
1: In the regular winning, season. Winning seemingly
3: every week. Man. But Jared rose from the grave woo, in the It playoffs. Huge comeback. He won it all.
1: Man, that incredible! that was Perfect Russell performance. Westbrook-like performance there, Orlando. Mm. I pity you for yeah. that.
0: <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> man, <laughs> that would hurt me.
0: Uh, I'm out here for these individual awards, dog. There you go.
3: <laughs> so, guys, this week we have five season-long questions, each involving a different member of the Blazers in the right. Rip It season preview. We're going to start it off. With Jared's guy, C.J. McCollum, as Jared mentioned, in the 2016-17 season, C.J. shot a career best 48% from the field. Wow. Last two seasons, they weren't as good. He dropped down to 44 the year after that. Last year, 46%. So for C.J., this question is over under 46% shooting for C.J. this season. I think I know which way he's going, but Jared, why don't you start it off?
1: Yep, I'm over on that.
3: Orlando? Over. Nate?
1: I hate to start rip it this way with a clean sweep this year, <laughs> but yeah, let's go with over. Well,
3: wow, that was quick and easy. You gotta do it sometimes. Okay. Over forty six for CJ. Let's mark that down. Question number two, Zach Collins. Nate's biggest worry. <laughs> yeah. Worry. So, mm, a lot of experts and fans, they expect Collins to start, play heavy minutes. Yep. But last season he only averaged seventeen point six minutes a game. And he has played more than 28 minutes just three times in his career. Oh,
1: it's like Max read my answer. And none of those three
3: were last season. They were nope. his rookie season. Oh, man. So the question here is, another over-under, 28 minutes per game on this season. Woo! For Zach Collins. Orlando, what do you think?
0: Oh, that's brutal,
1: dude. Talk uh, it out, talk it out. What what's going through your head right now?
0: 28. He's a starter. He's going to get all these opportunities. He, sh- he should flirt with that number. But that is a huge jump. I'll yeah. go under.
1: Nate? Uh, under.
2: It's all about the fouls. We've yes, yes. If he stays yeah. out of foul trouble, I think he'll easily pass that mark. I'm going to trust in Zach. I'm going to say over.
1: Trust in Zach. It sounds like his campaign for this
2: season.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on to question three. Bays. Can't Bays more? Two years ago, Baysmore shot a career-high 39% from three. Last year, his three-point percentage fell off a cliff to 32%. So can he bring his percentage back up this year? Over-under 36% three-point shooting for Baysmore. Nate? Over. Jared, I think I know which way you're going.
2: Yeah, 35.5% was the league average last year. And I think that Baysmore is a better than league average three-point shooter, so I'm going
1: over. The
3: Blazers need him to be. Orlando yep. clean sweep, man.
1: I think okay. he's going to get better looks here in Portland yeah. than at Atlanta, too, because he had, he'll be playing alongside Lillard and McCollum a lot, so the looks should be there for him. That's a good
3: point. All right, next one. Hassan Whiteside. He says he wants to be the defensive anchor this season. In his five years in Miami, he averaged 11.9 rebounds a game. Wow. So over-under... 11 and a half rebounds oh. per game this season for Whiteside. Who wants to start it off?
1: I will. All right. Under.
3: Under 11 and a half. What's your reasoning there?
1: Uh, that's, a, that's a big, that's a fat number. So I'm going under. That's a huge number.
0: Yeah, that's pretty big. Orlando? If he's healthy, there are rebounds to be had on this team. With that said, I'll, I'll go over.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to pull the reverse on us, like you do
3: sometimes. (laughs) I mean, like I said, the last five years, he's averaged over that. Mm -hmm. It's just a new team. Jared, what do you think?
2: Yusuf Nurkic is going to come back probably around the all-star break. There you go. In some way, that's going to reduce Whiteside's minutes. I think that's going to put him just under. So I'm going to go under on that. All
3: All right. Final question. In the Rip it Season Preview, oh, no. we're talking about Amphrey Yes, I was waiting for this. Here we the go, baby. Hallie, baby. Over. Over.
2: Now we'll see how he really.
3: Oh. Over. Nate has locked in. <laughs> over. Over his answer. And I think he's going to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, because we're talking about scoring here. Oh, so, this
1: is a no-brainer.
3: The best young guard in the NBA yes. has averaged 12.8 points per game in the preseason so far, including last night. He's been playing nearly 23 minutes a game. Some people think he might play around that this season, but we'll see. Yes or no, will Simon's average at least 10 points per game
0: this season?
1: Yes. Yes. Nate says yes. Easily.
0: Orlando? Let's have some fun, baby. I'm going to say no. Oh, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Can we suspend him for a week from the podcast? (laughs)
1: For nonsense.
0: I'm taking an L just to spite you. Yeah, can we (laughs) nonsense on the injury report?
3: I was going to
2: die on that hill. Jared, what do you think? Two weeks ago when I was talking about Anthony Simons and they accused me of being his biggest hater.
1: I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I called you a critic, my friend.
2: (laughs) I said I believed he would average double digits this season, so I'm going over.
1: Oh, that's right. Now we're talking. See, now, like I said, the, the tables have turned over here. Now... Jared is no longer in my crosshairs. <laughs> it's all about Orlando now.
0: Oh, I'm glad I can be here and provide
1: some entertainment for you man. Aimed and focused. Dude, you're going to you're going to regret that in a week. He's going to be averaging like Oh, we only got one. Never mind. I'll, you'll be at, you'll be regretting that in two weeks. We've only got one game between now and the next podcast.
3: It's a marathon, baby. Yes, it's gonna be, it is. It's gonna be a lot of fun this you, season. You guys know the most improved player is generally the biggest jump in scoring or yeah. best scorer off the bench. If he goes from essentially zero points a game to eleven. Mm-hmm. I think there's a case to be made for most improved player.
1: The reason I didn't pick him was because oftentimes the, I thought about that scoring, but usually the guy has to be a little more than 11 points yeah. a game to get that type of recognition across the probably league. Like
3: 16, Yeah,
1: exactly. So that was actually what deterred me from picking him.
3: Maybe yeah. so. All right. All right. That's the Rip It season preview. We'll we, be back again next week. Did we do it? Did we get did through it. the
0: season preview? That's good
3: stuff,
1: And I didn't even hit you, even despite the things you
0: said. As I mentioned before, this is a long season, man. It is. (laughs) There's still time. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's
1: there's a lot more of Nate being right to go around this season.
0: Jared, as usual, I ask you, where can people find this podcast, man?
1: Well, I'm going to ask all of
2: you guys to please subscribe to the 3 on 3 Blazers podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much wherever you find your podcasts, you can find it there. Uh, Please take a moment and rate and review the podcast as well. We want all of your five-star reviews, every single last one of them. If you have friends and family who love the Blazers or the NBA, please tell them about three-on-three Blazers. Let's grow this family. We love you guys.
0: It's already happening. Still time to jump on the train. I live off five-star review,
1: guys. Like just so you know, I check every week and like my week is made if there's another five-star review there. Nate doesn't it, eat it,
0: unless he gets five stars. It emotionally,
1: mentally, and physically impacts my life. So please, at least one more five-star review.
0: Thank that's all, you. That's all we got, right?
1: That's it. Man.
2: We'll be back next week. It's here. The day after the season opener. That will be great. We'll have a we'll have some real basketball to talk about.
0: Max, get us out of here, man
3: next week.